Friday afternoon deploy is recorded in somebody else's Zoom room. You can now you can tell the story because yeah, the so, audience will appreciate this. So, I just got a, an amazing next door notice that I want to share with everyone. And for those of you who don't know what next door is, it's it's Facebook for people who are too old for Facebook mm-hmm. or that want to just complain about their neighborhood with I, their neighbors. I described it earlier as property line disputes with push notifications. It's great, and Willow's Willow, Willow's uh, got her own place now, so we've encouraged her to. Sign up for next door. Go, so go can, plug into your neighborhood. See yeah, what's get going to know on how there. petty your neighbor. Get to know how petty your neighbors are. But spoiler alert: I got an, they're very petty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I'm pretty sure Willow knows that already. <laughs> uh, but uh, everybody should know that. But um, so I got that. Ne- uh, I got a notification from next door, um, and it, it was talking about the eight o'clock howl. And so right now, while we're all in lockdown, or while we're all practicing social distancing, we're not in lockdown in Arkansas, or, or uh, sh- uh, shelter in place orders. Not yet. Um, but every night at 8 o'clock, everyone goes outside and howls as a, a way to bond. Some solidarity. Primordial level, at a primal level, some solidarity. Everybody howls. And uh, it's... It, our kids love it. Like we were kind of like, there's one of those things where like, why well, are nah, nah, we're not that, whatever. And there's like, nah, like, the kids will have fun with it. It's not a big deal. It's a cool way to kind of just connect. We'll do it. So sure enough, kids are loving it. We go out every night that we're around or every night that we remember, I say around, like we're going to be doing anything else. Um, and, and if we don't remember, unless we've got something up really loud, we hear everybody start howling. So then we go out. Uh, but everybody got out howl. And uh, someone posted. Uh, in next door, lately, someone posted. In, this is in next door. Many people have been howling at 8. Starting tomorrow, instead of howling, let's get a citywide hog call every night at 8 p.m. <laughs> until the quarantine ends. <laughs> we post to spread the word. Uh, I'm going to spread the word. Because so, we howl in our neighborhood, and you can hear them. Like, um, yeah. You can hear the howls, and then like there's enough dogs in our neighborhood that they start going apeshit, too, yeah. and participating. So, my dude got savaged in the post. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because everyone just wants to keep howling, and this guy's like, oh, yeah, we're Razorbacks. We should hog call instead. And uh, he's, he, is, he, is being face, uh, he is being next door savage. Oh, which, man. Uh, he's generally people being overly polite and uh, kind of bless their hearts. It's true, their, because their this is one thing about it. The people are petty there. And it's it's drama filled like Facebook, but it's not like quasi anonymous drama filled. Because in next door, right. everyone knows where you live, <laughs> and your name is on your account. Your name is on your account. It's you. It's not just like I know they live in this neighborhood. No, they know your address. They can go find your house because they're your neighbors. So everyone is like it's um you know it's like a really petty set of disputes, but it's like. Everyone's sitting around a poker table in the old west with their guns drawn under the table, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you get comments like, "Oh, that's a great suggestion," but me and my family are really digging the howl, just saying, and things like that. <laughs> that's so, funny. It's 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 pretty great. If you haven't followed Best of Next Door on Twitter, it's just an aggregate of just awful uh, next door interactions. I'm gonna have to check that out. And there, it's really funny, and it it uh, it's pretty great. And apparently, the CEO of Nextdoor hates next Nextdoor. <laughs> Someone asked him about it in an interview that is now famously all over the internet, and you see him like die inside on stage as he has to kind of talk about the existence of the best of Nextdoor Twitter feed. <laughs> He's like, "We're we're aware of it," and uh, he just kind of <laughs> tries to de- deflect a bunch. 
I wonder what uh, Reed Hoffman thinks of the uh, uh, state of LinkedIn Twitter feed. Oh, um, that's an excellent question. Which is awesome. Also awesome. While we're while I we're at novelty Twitter accounts, in general, what he thinks of the state of LinkedIn. Yeah, well, I mean that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real question, right? Um, and I guess he's not CEO over there anymore, is he? I think they like. I think, so. I think he's like chairman of the board, and and mostly retired from that. But uh, whoever's over there, someone's got to be aware. State of LinkedIn. If you're not, if you haven't seen it, is um, it's just great shots of of all of the awful content that people post on LinkedIn. Just desperate to be a business influencer. Um, and there's this phenomenon uh, known as broetry that I'm a big fan of, which are the LinkedIn posts that are um, written in like stanzas of prose um oh it's awesome you know what i'm talking about where it's like one line return one line like i woke up at 5 a.m i did the most epic leadership thing you can possibly imagine i got 14 hours of work done before breakfast you know like that kind of shit uh it's awesome there's there's whatever the the peak one is is uh like the current record holder i think there's a ranking somewhere that's Amazing! Did you see the one? It's the guy where he like he wakes up at five a.m. and all his screens uh, blink to life. I'm, I know that one. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty epic one. That's uh, great stuff. Oh man! So Willow, we got uh, we got an email um, from one of our listeners about our functional programming episode. You've been encouraged uh, to go hard on functional programming, and if you guys remember Evan, um, Evan's one of our yeah, uh, Evan. He's one of our. He's a local. He's one of our patrons, um, and so he said he would like to come on the show any day to talk functional programming. He's a fan, so well, we got to get him. We got to get him on there. Yeah, we need somebody to explain it to us better. He was. He was very. He was highly encouraged. He said, "Tell tell Willow, give it hell or something along those lines." I have to go look at the email again. But yeah, so we might get Evan on to talk about functional programming some more. Because that was, I don't know if you listened to that episode, Tyrell, because you weren't on it. I haven't. I need to, though. Yeah. I, I, no, I didn't the, make it on for that one. The grand consensus uh, where all of us were skeptical, um, but none of us truly knowledgeable enough to know whether or not it actually solves a problem that needs solving. That's where we ended yeah. on it. So I... I uh, You're an Elm I, fan. I, That's functional, right? So I like functional programming. I'm an Elm fan. I'm also, this is fun. I'm now a grain contributor. Oh, really? Um, Old yeah, grain laying. Like, doc- documented and all. Oscar, Oscar. Oscar accepted your pull request. And, uh, I don't believe it. Yeah, he did. And the grain team, um, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a different paradigm. I'm working in compilers. I'm being very functional. Working on some standard library stuff right now, uh, particularly just getting into strings. Um, and going to get into my first web assembly and, nice. uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's a different puzzle to solve. This is the first time you've um, written any OCaml, any OCaml, any, uh, a web assembly script, which is what I'll be writing the next kind of feature set that I'm coming up with. I'm, I'm working through the hanging fruit to get my feet wet, which if anyone is not has not done much open source contribution. Um, low hanging fruit, obviously, everyone, most people probably understand the concept, but when there's stuff that needs to be done that's pretty straightforward within a, a, um, a repo or a library, oftentimes contributors will just make a card for it or an issue for it and tag it as low hanging fruit or yeah. something of that effect. Like, or like uh, who, some of them were called like good first issue or something yeah, like good that. Good first issues. Yeah. Um, so that people can get their feet wet in in the a the either a the process of contributing to open source because you've got to you've got to go through a pro- quite a process to do that or b uh, getting used to that that framework or language or library and so honestly it had been so long for me since I had done it I had to go like Google and 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 go through that right process because like so you got to go in you have to you can't just clone the repo and make a pull request like you would your own repo you've got to fork it and then you have to make your changes and then you create your branch or vice versa but create your branch off your fork and then you push it and then you push your your changes uh and create a pull request onto the main uh repo once that gets approved then you sync 
your master repo to the new updated one and kind of go from there. So it's a different flow than for those of us who are just like constantly rolling through stuff that's your own. To a certain and, extent, uh, it kind of slows you down, which can does. be a and little frustrating at first. <laughs> it was. I was like, oh, I forgot how arduous this whole process is. And uh, thankfully, it moves quickly. Oscar's very attentive and the rest of the, the maintainers. The, the grain team is, is small and, uh, and uh, moves quick. Um, so it's been good. So we, for for any for anyone that isn't aware, um, give my dog. Yeah, you got barking dog barking out of there. It's 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 just it's the full quarantine experience, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I had my neighbor was mowing earlier, and it was painfully loud. But he stopped right before we started. But um, grain is um, it's a, uh, a browser. What am I saying? Like a front end language. Um, and the web assembly. And a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were down before back when people could get on airplanes and congregate in public. We went to ViewConf down in Austin and met up with um, one of the creators and maintainers of that language. And he uh, was on an episode of the show. I think this was like four or five episodes ago. Um, so if you haven't heard it, you go check it out. But uh, that's that's his language, Greenlang. I didn't know you were contributing to it though. That's pretty sweet. I am indeed. It's it's fun. It's a it's been a shift to get in there. But I, I really enjoy it. Um, and then uh, Blaine, who we, we know um, from down there and, and hanging out with those guys, uh, Blaine and Oscar, we both met. Blaine, uh, Blaine wasn't on the podcast, but Oscar was. And, um, and Alex just joined as well. So sh- hi to all those guys, should they be listening. Um, but um, hi, Alex fellas. joined in um, to potentially contribute as well. Um, and so been kind of casually keeping up with them and through that process. Uh, but yeah, so grain, grain, grain's fun and dipping my toes into that new stuff, uh, and getting familiar with old processes. Like I said, they'd probably been, I want to say almost five years since I'd done any. Since you've worked like through a fork like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So shame on me, uh, that, <laughs> that those muscles had atrophied and that process had atrophied a little. Um, but the only was, that the only ones that I've worked on are bad. ones that like we maintain. Um, so I've had the luxury right. of just being the person that merges other people's forks as opposed to the yep. other way around, which by the way, I haven't even checked on those in a while. I'm not a good maintainer like Oscar. And every once yeah. in a while I go in there and I see that like someone's made a PR and it's been sitting there for three months on one of our projects. I checked in cause so Oscar, Oscar and Blaine both work for Tidelift and, um, which is the coolest sounding concept for a company ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tidelift. Tidelift allows you as a open source contributor to um, add your add your repository to a subscription service that companies can buy into that allows for support. Like that subscription allows your repository or your library to generate some revenue based on vault, based on like I don't know the metrics by which they they determine the the revenue of of subscriptions you get like the percentage. So basically, it's, it's a subscription model, and companies will will pay for or Tidelift subscription, and any of the libraries that open source libraries that they use that they have uh, in their Tidelift subscription, they get uh, like enhanced support for and direct connections to the maintainers and things like that. And so it allows maintainers to get uh, uh, additional income on something they're already maintaining that's open source and available to everybody for free, anyways. But then for those who are contributing through Tidelift and their subscription, those people can get some priority um, Q&A time from the maintainers, um, direct and, and insight support, from them, direct yeah. support, all of that kind of stuff. So it's actually a really cool concept. It's really um, neat. It's a way, you know, monetizing open source, um, but also, I mean, they're doing it by, by adding value. Like Tidelift right. is adding value to the customers that are consuming that, um, but also... Like the thing is, to to a certain extent, they could probably do this model without cutting in the maintainers, right? They could right. offer this third party support and 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 things like that. Obviously, by bringing the maintainer the maintainers in and them having a seat at the table, um, I think that enhances their service because they're able to have sure. a direct line in, and the maintainers right. have some incentive to 
you know, play well with them. But I think it's just a really cool process of, of finding ways to fund open source development um, mm-hmm. with enterprise customers is, is awesome. I think so. I did some research and apparently the barrier of entry that would keep us from being able to get our stuff into to tie lift is uh, PyPy. We have to have our stuff hosted or uh, available through PyPy. We've got a few. Not all of them. A few of ours are in PyPI. Yeah, PyPI, excuse me. Oh, um, uh, what's that one that we did? Django hard copy. Django. Hard copy's on there. Django. Is hard copy on there? I tried to find it. I believe it is. Uh, it's been a while. I'm going to go look now. Yeah. Let's see here. Where's my Where's my PyPI? This is it. Is it .org? Django hard copy. Jingle Jingle hard copy, copy. 0.1.4. The author of this package has not provided a project description. What a crappy maintainer, but there he is. These are the worst maintainers in the world. Where the fuck did they get a picture of me? There's this picture, probably from your GitHub profile. Is that my picture on GitHub? That's my, like, Lofty Labs, like, that's my Lofty badge photo. Maybe I put that, maybe I updated my, no, that's not my GitHub photo. No way. Definitely not. My GitHub photo is me with a with a uh, ice cream cone in Portland at Jang or oh, that's at right. PyCon. It is. It is. Yeah, creepy bastards. Plus, this photo's from well, the account's from 2017, yeah. and we didn't even we didn't even have that painting that I'm standing in front of in 2017. Oh, you're right. That was a fairly recent acquisition. That's in the new office. You know what? I think it's time for us to turn our attention off of Zoom. And start going after PyPI. What kind of shady stuff are you guys doing? What kind of information Obviously, are you harvesting off of me? Their security practices are pretty low that they're just scraping the web for pictures of people who've got repos. That's that's apparently what they're doing. Uh, oh, Alan's in space. Alan's joining us midstream. Hey! He's coming, hey, up? He's coming off of a, one of those work calls or something. Yeah, I was, you know, making money and stuff. <laughs> we love it when Alan makes money. Thanks, Alan. He tries to. That's uh, that's what keeps the rest of us going on this show. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I uh, I need to change my background though. Yeah, I know. I like it, Alan. Well, in space, it's good. I can't. That's I cool. Can't wait. I got I got cooler ones. I got some D and D, some D and D backgrounds. You do not. Yes. Heck yeah, yeah. I do. So that's <laughs> okay. Here's what I feel is like a legitimate concern that I'll offer to Zoom amongst all the like blame casting that's taking place for them is. Now that virtual backgrounds are so widely used, how about you like either turn it off for us when we start it up, or at least like mm. show us like, hey, you oh, got yeah. a virtual background. I've embarrassed sure myself several times this week. Several times. Yeah, I can see that. We went into uh, Tyrell and I went into a sales meeting on Thursday, and I came in and I, <laughs> and I was sitting on the beach, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> turn that off. <laughs> I, I you I was I went on two minutes early. And went in with my virtual background from last podcast, which for those of mm. you who are listeners might remember uh, from the description is a dystopian future in Soviet Russia where bears carry uh, medical provisions like St. Bernard's and there are uh, AT-AT walkers everywhere. Uh, <laughs> did, I, did I miss that coming up on the podcast last week? I don't uh, know, but it was visible behind me. Oh, I, we didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, I, I, I couldn't hardly, I couldn't see all of it. And maybe didn't get described. Last uh. week I was on a, I was on a call with him and he stepped away for a second. And, and you could see like, it all. Oh, oh, yeah. There it is. I was like, that is sweet. Cause I couldn't see the bear. You can't see, <laughs> you can't see the bear. See Take it in. It's yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah. That's That's oh the yeah. Future. I like that. I didn't notice <laughs> that at all. I didn't notice the yeah. walker in the background. I was just like, walker? I just took that it for a, granted. That's post COVID. Right there. Yeah. That's post-COVID life. Man, <laughs> that's amazing. And here, I, I'm still sitting here with the basics, the yeah. the, the ones that ship with Zoom. You got to oh, upgrade, man. Son. Hey, yeah. Zoom, Zoom's having a hard week, guys. Um, yeah, and I'm Ty- worried about that. Tyrell and I have some feelings about it. We do. Do you want to share your feelings, Tyrell? Or maybe I will. It looks like Tyrell's rounding up a four-legged creature, but he's he's wireless. I'm getting that four-legged creature water. Oh, there you go. Oh, they got to have that. So, I... I would say that I feel sorry for Zoom uh, because, for one, 
they are taking, they've become the face of all things wrong with everybody being digital. Even though uh, if people had posted all of their stuff in public, the way that everyone's doing their zoom stuff, zoom bombing would happen in go to meeting or, or, uh, or um, what's the other services, WebEx or anything. If you, if you post your public stuff everywhere, anybody can show up that's mm-hmm. the internet but only people using zoom are doing that because they're new to conferencing um but what but don't I would say, you think it's a stupid way to to have like an invite to your thing like i i i think a lot of the bombing stuff is just a bunch of garbage but also like is it a really good idea to have a URL that you just put in evergreen that you go to? I mean, it's definitely not inherently we use an evergreen. Yeah. You schedule a meeting. Yeah. That's the thing is you can, you can have an, you have your personal meeting that doesn't change. Um, and I've, I've seen the, I've seen this before, although I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but we have a client that always uses the same, his meeting ID. Uh, which is actually his phone number. So it's really easy to remember. It's kind of convenient. Mm. The problem mm. is that, um, he has, he has a very disorganized schedule. And so he will schedule a meeting with you and forget that he scheduled a meeting with you. And you might jump into that fixed meeting oh. ID in the middle of an investor presentation or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and your dumb ass is sitting on the beach, according to your zoom dynamic background. And you're just like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this seems like a really serious meeting between people in business suits. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Yeah. Wrong number. Back to the know. beach. <laughs> so, so I. So must survey support favor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say all that. Uh, I mean, Willow's criticisms are 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 valid because um, Zoom is not a perfect product. Correct. Uh, and I'll I'll admit that hundred percent. But and, there, and also I want to throw out, I want to throw out the prior art that um, this isn't the the best justification for it, but it's also how video conferencing has worked forever. Yeah, something some yeah. some authentication protocol that you can drop in the notes section of a calendar invite. Yep, which is exactly which because is like a, at best a pin number, a I pin number it. that you can see and yep. type in. You know, but their CEO recently said because well, hold on a sec. But they are an example of iterative software development. And because the moment they see something, the moment something new is exposed that they hadn't considered, because this world is completely new, they make changes. And so they're iteratively developing the product. They're responding. They're releasing. I think they're doing well. They're trying to keep up. There's a, there's a phrase I've heard that I think really kind of describes the place they're in. They're standing on a moving platform, shooting at a moving target. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think they're doing, God, that's so epic, Alan. I just saw your back. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> that's only one of them. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Are there any uh, owl bears in that one, Alan? <laughs> uh, not in that one. No. Okay. Oh, I've got to seek an owl bear background now. Uh, but, but, I mean, I think they're doing it as best they can. I listened to an NPR story this morning. And I'll just share, without going deep into my personal stance on on kind of this, but I've, some of it will be exposed. It was a story where someone had come out and was lighting Zoom on fire, saying that it was disproportionately allowing uh, community, uh, minority communities to be attacked. Mm. And... Uh, they were saying that Zoom needed a chief diversity officer to examine this and going just hard in the paint on them. And the dude, the CEO is just like, hey, we're, we're glad to, to meet with you. Like it was a nonprofit that right. represents uh, um, underrepresented uh, people groups. I'll just kind of be as vague as I can right. yeah, that was pretty, um, that's pretty good. with all of that. And uh they were just like going at him and he's like we're so we're excited to meet with this organization uh as we've stated numerous times this is never the intent of our platform Mm -hmm. (laughs) we had intended this to be for business use and we're excited our user base has grown (laughs) but because uh but they're just like 
we got new problems because this is a new world. And we, we didn't appreciate- we didn't know that we were going to start a a um, unsolicited dick pic virus with a with an R not value above two. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Proliferating exponentially uh, throughout the internet. I, I've I've felt bad for Zoom because I've heard, you know, I've seen a lot a lot of my um consumption of of this particular um shitstorm has been in the comment section of Reddit and particularly like the developer subreddits. And and developers are picking them apart for like rah, I can't. I feel bad for the devs over at Zoom because it could have been any one of us. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Any any one of us could be working over there, and these other devs are like, "What a bunch of dipshits!" You know. But like they know, they know how requirements come down. They know how hopefully people are working in iterative fashion, responding to change, and new things are coming through. And also like dissecting. At such a, like, that really easy, you know, retrospective from the outside, like, here's how it should have been done thing. Which, like, mm. the comments on Reddit on that news story are exactly the same as the comments on Reddit on, like, a, a, a video of a guy getting sucker punched in the face. And there's, like, that one guy that's like, well, you know, if he had just ducked in the point two seconds... Uh, before the the punch was thrown, he be you know like be like the whole thing transpires in less than a second, and then someone sat there for twenty five minutes and analyzed it and was like, well, obviously this is what he should have done. It's like, yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> like that's not helpful though, and that's 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 a lot of what I've seen about it is just all this yeah. um, retrospective. Like, guys, well, this is how they should have structured their URLs and blah 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 blah, blah stuff. I feel bad for yeah the, the armchair quarterbacking. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Armchair, well armchair security development, armchair code yeah. reviewing. Arm, armchair. It's easy to do when there's no pressure and you're at home in your underwear, surfing Reddit, trying to forget about two broken arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I, sorry, I, that, that <laughs> came up again the other day and I had to go two broken arms and I went and yeah, I had to look that up. And I was like, oh yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Gotta forget that again. I, you know, it, it's like, um, Oh, damn it. Never mind. I just lost my train of thought. It's just like right out the side of my ear here and out into the backyard. We'll see if my you thought. had if you had, you know, done a thing, then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, that's true, Alan. <laughs> that's true. No, here's what I was gonna say is that like I can't even pick apart like the the process and the scrutiny of their code review. I guarantee that there are a hundred engineers over there at Zoom that are smarter than me. Guaranteed. Yeah. I don't work there. There's probably a reason why, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. they're 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 emerging as a as a really I mean they're a publicly traded kind of high tier tech company. They have access to some really good talent. Right. Um and and with most things security, uh it's not that they ever thought that those URLs were infinitely secure. It's just the trade off like it's the trade off with convenience that we make all day every day, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Do I do I want to inconvenience my users with two-factor authentication, or can I let them set an eight-character password? Well, that kind of depends on what the service is and what kind of data is behind it. Do right. I need two-factor auth into like you know some some novelty thing that I look at, like some some game, some cat simulator game? No, who gives a shit? You know? Yeah. Um, do I want two-factor auth on my bank account? That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's worth the Probably inconvenience. Throw in to me. some throwing some bio filters in there too. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. I got to provide a fingerprint, but yeah, that's uh, yeah that that's a hundred percent. I agree with that. Like you know, because the thing about security is nothing's a hundred percent secure, right? Like all you can do is just make if it's a hundred percent really secure, inconvenient yeah, to break into. Exactly. If it's a hundred percent secure, you can't get into it either. Yes. That's exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> It's like if I want my house to be 100% secure, I have to cover the whole thing in concrete or something. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, Willow. Let's say you're having like a classroom one, a Zoom. You're going to invite all your students. If one of your students is invited, they can do the same thing that these supposedly uninvited people are doing because they're students. Yeah. There was a video like right when. Uh, quarantining started happening. Um, I felt so bad for the lady. It's very relatable. No. And so it's kind of a joke 
uh, in my household for a little bit of like, oh, make sure, make sure you don't accidentally go to the bathroom on the call. But she was, they were, they were having, you know, their stand up or whatever. And, and, and the product owners like talking. And then all of a sudden she just takes her computer into the, into the bathroom and pops a squat and like, <laughs> forgot I had the a product, camera on. Then the product owner didn't even notice, like everyone kind of on the call started laughing and they were all good. Like they were like, one of the guys was like, didn't see nothing. Like, and then she's like, what, what happened? Like, they were like, nothing, just go on. Just go on. Like, uh, you know, Can we record yeah, this call though? Just for, uh, I, I, uh, I may or may not have been shirtless in the background of one of my children's classes. It's <laughs> <laughs> tough to sort confirm. out these days. Yeah. I can neither confirm nor deny it. Like, in all honesty, I, I noticed that walked into a room where there was a camera. And I, didn't I love that on. sentence. Like, like, oh my God. like two months ago, that sentence would have, I, yeah. I would have been like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Like, you know, but now Jeez. Like, oh, do you well, need yeah. us to pitch in to make bail? Uh, <laughs> I have strategically placed my webcam is pointed into the most dead corner of the house right here. This is a corner adjacent to the garage on the backyard side of the house. There's nothing behind it. So any damage I do to myself on a call is self-inflicted, but I won't have anybody walking through the background. Uh, except that yeah, Henry, Henry's really good at sneaking in when I have headphones on, and he can get behind, he can get in the driver's seat of the drum set. And I'm telling you, that will scare the living shit out of you uh, if you're I'm not if you're not expecting someone to right just there. pop into a six stroke roll on a snare drum like two inches away from your head. Um, <laughs> and, and and let me tell you, you're not prepared for that, uh, no. even if you think you are. Yeah, that that'll scare you. That hasn't happened on a call yet, though. No accidental drumming on a call. So we've got one upstairs and two downstairs, and there's plenty of places that you can just kind of wait. wait are these the are these children that you're enumerating? Yeah, these are these okay. are children, and and particularly in classrooms that start at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. No, no, excuse me, eight thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm up well before then, but oftentimes I'll get them started and then go get ready for my day. Because they their their school day starts at eight with a virtual assembly from eight to eight thirty, and then they go in their classrooms, virtual classrooms at eight thirty. And so I'll we'll get up and get them like breakfast, have a cup of coffee, talk through the day, and then we'll get them plugged in, and then Sarah and I kind of start preparing for the day. But then some, you know, like technical problems will happen. Like to, this is pretty epic today. Uh, I. How did that, how did it all go down? <laughs> oh, today was bring your pet to school day. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier is, to do when school's at home. It, yeah, it's it super is. easy. And so I got them all squared away. And I'd gone for a run early in the morning and came back and I was sweaty and I wanted to get showered and cleaned up. And so at 8.30, I had the dog that you keep hearing periodically in the background barking is named Pike. I had Pike. Uh, sitting with my daughter on a leash at, at her space. So she was good there. And m- my middle son had the cat asleep on his bed. So he was <laughs> set up with an iPad with a cat in frame. So he was good. And my older son was just like, whatever, I don't care. I don't like animals anyway. I'm 10 years old, almost 11. I don't need an animal. And I was like, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> and so I, uh, uh, I was like, all right, if anyone needs me, mom is in a meeting. And she was. She had started meeting. So my, my wife is an instructor at the university, so she's teaching college students right now. They're also having complications with transitioning. Uh, so I was like, mom's, mom's in meetings. So if anyone needs me, you come to me. I'm in the shower. Come knock on the door, and I will help you through whatever is going on. And everyone's just like, cool, thumbs up all around. I'm just like, dad's got this on lockdown. <laughs> Go upstairs in the shower. Ten minutes, like five minutes into my shower, my wife uh, opens the door. Sarah opens the door. She's just like, why are you taking a shower right now? <laughs> Our daughter is standing in the middle of the room crying like someone lit her on fire. And I'm like, I told her to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the dog, the dog had grown impatient with sitting there because, I mean, he's, he's like part black lab, part black lab, part blue healer. He likes to move around. He'd been laying around all morning. He's like, I'm going to go hang out for a bit. So he moved. Then she got a hold of the cat 
and the cat she wasn't in a mood to just be held like a rag doll so the cat <laughs> left and then she was just standing there just like i have no pet in my classroom right now I'm just going to stand and scream and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and oh, so no. I, I get out and I kind of get all the pet <laughs> stuff sorted out. And my son is, meanwhile, re- uh, my middle son has recaptured the dog and has him in their bedroom. But he'd gotten w- motivated to move and do stuff. And somehow through the process, so everybody's like in their space. Again, like, all right, good. I'm going to go get dressed because I came out in a towel. <laughs> and i'm trying to avoid like there are webcams in yeah. the house yeah the so house. you've got yeah. it's it's yeah. like you're like playing uh you're like playing metal gear solid trying yeah. to avoid the yeah. spotlight yeah. oh god yeah. <laughs> or or uh uh what's the uh splinter a, cell or yeah one there's like a that. vr equivalent of that, oh eastfire eastfire yeah how could you forget oh, no, no, that one's good so i'm playing eastfire but there's another one that uses cameras it's really good that I'm playing through. I've got the two of them I'm, that I'm working through. Uh, but so, yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding cameras. I get everybody squared away. We're all good. And then all of a sudden, uh, Atticus is just like, oh, no, I turned off the Internet. <laughs> because the main router in their house is in his room. Ah. And I guess I don't know if it was because of the dog or not. But like all of a sudden, the entire house. Starts going like I just got kicked out of my meeting, and I'm just like <laughs> Atticus turned up. Is it back on? And he's like looking for lights. He's like I think so. And I just hear my wife go, oh. <laughs> she kept her cool so well, but like all of a sudden now her students are just like, what's going on with the meeting? Why is our professor gone? And we have lost our leadership. <laughs> she disappeared. And, and so like I'm just like moving around keeping everybody as calm as i can until the network comes back up meanwhile i'm fighting my inner joshua fist shout out to fist if he's listening from going just like well he didn't shut off the internet he shut up our network technically it's going to be accurate and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh but then it all came back and everybody got back on it was good it's just like Oh man, 2020. Mm, that's awesome. Here we well, uh, here's the thing. Here's what Zoom has learned. A, a very valuable lesson that we can keep with us forever is if you really, really want to test the security of something, turn a bunch of 12 year olds loose with it. Mm. Yeah. They will fucking wreck that shit mm. yeah, uh, they will. for TikTok likes. Um, yeah. They will find yeah. every way possible to exploit that system. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the new, that's the new pen testing, uh, uh, turn, turn, uh, turn classrooms full of children, uh, loose with it. They'll have it torn down in minutes. Right, Alan? That's what we used yeah. to do. Well, I mean, that's how we got the internet. We, we With did, like, we did they, like hardcore pen testing on our high school's network. It was, and it was easy back then. Yeah. Like I, I remember I had to make sure we had Napster on all the library computers. Right. Uh, <laughs> we had an, we had an announcement come across the to, speaker because had we burned had discs back then. You know, that's back in those days too. Yeah, like I could pop in a thumbstick. Like, no, I had to burn a disc off there. We so. spawned StarCraft on every computer on the school's network. If you ever played StarCraft the original, you could if you had a game disc, you could spawn <laughs> is what it was called, and it would let you install StarCraft on a machine under the same CD key, and. You could play StarCraft games, but only if you join games hosted by the owner of the game. So it was a way for you, if you own the game, to go install it at all your friend's house and still play multiplayer. Have a LAN party. And have a LAN yeah. party. It was amazing, right? Except that we spawned it on every computer. So, like, you could just hop onto any... We, we were on the tech team. So, like, any network we were... Any computer lab we were in, for the most part, there was at least one or two machines in there that we could jump onto and there'd be a game of StarCraft going. Uh, yeah, and we, I remember one day... Up. I remember one day there being like a, a system-wide announcement over the intercom system that was like, please don't install games and shit on the library computers. <laughs> you little bastards. <laughs> oh, man, who uh, ratted y'all out? I think they just found it. It's probably somebody didn't close oh, it out. Oh, shit, we just put it on the desktop. We didn't want to go looking for it every time. It's, ah, not like, sure. it's, not like, it's not like we buried it in the system folder in a, in a, in a folder called taxes <laughs> right. or something like that. You right, know? right. Uh, it right. Was, yeah. Back then, it was 
it, it, yeah, it was amazing. Like, we didn't have time for that. And computers weren't locked down back then. Nobody's really worried about that. Like, I'm trying to think just, about that. I don't think that there was a password on the damn things. I mean, we had administrator I access. I don't think I that, think I had admin. Yeah. <laughs> They they basically said if you're smart enough to operate this, yeah. you're a god. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're yeah, like, you guys know more about it than we do. They're like, was, you, I'm pretty sure what they told me as a library aide, like, here, you're one of them computer guys. Here, you run the computers. That was cool. their. That was the let's security Napster on here, and let's. Uh, yeah, the security policy like was hardware, and it was this keyboard thing and this mouse thing. And it's like I don't know if anybody can get past that. That's like, <laughs> that's pretty much that's their. That's like a biometrics. It's like a fingerprint scanner. Yep, that's the yeah. admin. He knows how to type. Uh, he, deserves, <laughs> he deserves access. Yeah. <laughs> not, not on a typewriter. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Hey, Papa. Well, hey there. You want to see your burger? Yeah, that's my computer. Oh, you got you a visitor. We got, I we got do. a visitor. All I see come, is D&D. Here, come here. You want to be on the podcast real quick? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, there she is. Hey, it's been a yeah, while since awesome. we've had a guest on the show. That's true. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about Zoom and all of this? Yeah. Yeah, that is green. Yep. Zoom screen. She's giving it the thumbs up. She's, Does she have a podcast oh, you better, or an open source library she'd like to plug while she's here? You better go get them nuggets. <laughs> Nuggets.js. Uh, yeah, yeah, Nuggets.js. Nuggets.js. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty slick. I don't know what it does. So, uh, speaking go. of Nuggets.js, I've got I've to share uh, a very real moment with you all that I think everybody may have heard this, but if not, it's definitely something for the listeners. And uh, Blake, uh, uh, I, I hate the joy you're about to enjoy from this, but we have <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a feature request come through. Um, we built our, our, our uh, one of the main um, clients we have right now has a, a data upload in their in their workflow oh, that we limited I, I know where this is going files. now. <laughs> yeah. We limited yeah. the zip files um, for the longest time, and they finally said, actually, we need our users to be able to s- select all the um, individual components of a zip file and upload it. And I kept saying, initially, it was just like, why would they want to do that? They can just zip it up and send it, uh, which is true. Then we remember that those users are farmers. Yeah. And, and honestly, uh, our, literal our farmers. Clients, yeah. 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 Literal farmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even still like our client values that workflow. And, and even though we don't, we have to be able to secede our preference yeah. for things like that. So it's like, okay. What Tyrell's so trying to say our, diplomatically is sometimes the client asks us to do stupid shit and we have to do it. <laughs> we have to do it. I was telling Melissa the other day, I get to do what I love, but I don't always get to do it how I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the yeah, most perfect description of our yeah. like every developer. That's client services, folks. Ever. No, I think that's that's all professional services. That's I think all, you ask a professional yeah. accountant, they'll say the same thing. Like I love making the numbers add up. I don't like making their numbers add up though. <laughs> yeah, okay. that, yeah, that's like that I'm gonna get that like tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> It was a very profound moment I had last night where I was just like, let me make you feel better. <laughs> For sure. Sure, I get to so, do what I love. So one of our, one of our uh, team members came and said, hey, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this because they got the card. So, you know, that request came a while back where finally they, the project manager, our, our product owner said, this needs to be prioritized in this sprint. And we all went, oh, there's that card again. Okay, cool. Let's. They've officially prioritized it for this sprint, so we're going to do it. And because uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, sure, we can do that eventually, but it doesn't take priority because there's plenty of other functionality that takes priority over that. And finally, we're we're well enough into this product. There's like, oh, that again. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> we can we can prioritize that. And so we've we've done that. And uh, uh, the the team member who was taking Austin. Uh, it was like, hey, so I'm looking at this, and we've already built everything, take a zip file. So we either, you know, it's either going to take a whole lot of like join tables for multiple files now that we're used to one file, or we can we can zip it up um, and then send it through the view with a zip file. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He's like, so do we want to 
do we want to zip it up when we get it through the API or should we zip it up before? And I was just like, oh gosh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and a little piece of me is going to die, <clears throat> but we need to, we need to zip it up in JavaScript. Zip it up in the front end. Zip it over. Yeah, yeah. Zip it in the front end. Have one single interface on the back end. I can't disagree. Yep. No, it was, it was the right call. And it, it hurt me to say like, do something that is, uh, do something that is in like that I consider a part of back end development on the yes. front end. Yeah. I, it, it was one of the first times I've ever said some business logic in the front end there. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and uh, it was the right call and it works yep. great and it's so smooth and JavaScript's doing a fine job of zipping up files. And, but it was still just one of those moments where, and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I, I died a little inside that day. Uh, I knew I knew it was going to be something when I saw I saw I think Austin had like tagged the channel in it and then tagged me specifically to go ahead and look at it. And was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I already talked with Tyrell and he said it was okay. <laughs> but check this out. So we're going to do this on the front end like That's that. That's pretty uh, funny. It's I it's threw, a scary I threw thing. In my mouth a little bit, it's, but, someone comes in and says, "Hey, you know that thing that we've got that um uh you know the our 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 HTML class name changer system <laughs> that right. that thing that we have that concatenates strings and and sets class names on on DOM nodes make that zip a file and we're like uh mm, I mean oh. I guess technically it can do it uh." In I don't know if it's a good project. idea. It's fine. Obviously, JavaScript can yeah. zip yeah. shit. Um, and, and every client, you know, these days, client being like the device is is going to be able to zip a file. You know, right? Yeah. So I handled. I, it wa- fine, I wanted to. I wanted to have an argument against it, but I couldn't. So. No, there's no argument to be had yeah, against no, it, other no, than like I'm a I'm a I'm a curmudgeon. The the it's best a, you could have done is that you could have made a strong argument that on the back end you wanted a separation of concerns where you had to have two different endpoints, one that accepted zipped up files and one that accepted arbitrary mini files to keep that behavior separate rather than cuz cuz we are taking two different user end user use cases and fitting them into the same API endpoint by by transforming the data in the client, right? That's that's ultimately what's happening. So if you, if you really wanted to get out of it, that's the only approach I can think of. Now, I'm not saying that, that you've got... That's <laughs> yeah. flimsy footing. I'm just saying that's the oh, yeah. best that's, you got. It, first, you know, you got to have some kind of control over time in that equation yeah. to be able to, you know, because, yeah, we got to stand Something up I've yet to point. master, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could just slow it down in the right situation. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, speed it up till we're through all this coronavirus shit. That's my vote. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be okay. This is the part in The Sims where I hit the three, the three play buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let them burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. Yeah. yeah. Just yep, kidding. That's uh, it was uh, it's a good solution though. I mean that's. It's elegant in its own way. It's kind of like the time where I remember I was showing Hayden, like, hey, man, you want to see something that's elegant and ugly at the same time? <laughs> Look at this case statement that I made in, in Bash. It's a, <laughs> yeah. bash a Bash switch statement. It, it's The syntax is really ugly, but also elegant. It, mm. You have to see both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did some bash scripting the other day. It'd been so long. I really haven't huh. done much of it. You know, I've always opted to go toward, um, you know, a scripting language or something like that, or even Python, yeah. which is not a scripting language. God damn it. Not anymore. That's my no. strong opinion on that. Could it, you could argue that maybe Python one. Yes. But I would say yeah. no. Whatever yeah. that was like. Um, yeah. When all it could do was <laughs> it, I don't know. It didn't even have pathlib then. So it probably wasn't that good of no. a scripting language. Um no. But uh, yeah, I wrote some, and and I, uh, I I had to build. I was I got tired of um, I'm doing so many remote meetings now, so many screen shares, more than usual. I'm I'm used to having clients or potential customers come into the office, um, and and you know not having to do. I can like a lot of people like to work on paper still. I can print out a deck and show, those kind of things. So I'm doing yeah. a lot more screen sharing. Um, I don't keep a super tidy desktop. 
mostly because I take a shitload of screenshots. Mm. Managing product mm. and stuff like that. I'm always taking screenshots and passing. I forget about those too, because because Mac puts them right there on your desktop. And just drops them right there. Um, and so I had built a couple of excuse me, bash scripts um, that I wanted to just be able to toss toss on my path and, and run from anywhere. One of them just Funny. deletes all bash scripts from my desktop. Um, the other one, I don't know if you know this, there's a way in in on macOS. Um, to write to a configuration file that actually is the instructions to build your desktop with icons on it at all. Um, and then if you kill all instances of the Finder, the, the Mac desktop program, uh, it'll restart and you're, there will be no icons running on the desktop, period. So, uh, I, I, so I built a script to do that and I called it Bathtub. Uh, which is a reference to putting all of your uh, dirty dishes in the bathtub because because <laughs> people are coming over, and so and so now I can uh, yeah anytime I need to clear off my desktop, um, I just I just call bathtub. I I've got something. <laughs> I, I'll give you a de- I'll give you a demo of it now. Yeah, fact. dude, I've got something similar. It's funny that you say that because I wrote a Python script ah. uh, to do something very similar. I think I think it. If I remember right, without looking at it, it just removes every JPEG or PNG from my desktop. There you I, go. I think it does. Maybe puts them in a different folder. Yeah, so I check can. this out. I got I got Shot Nuke. That's what Shot Nuke does. Oh, it's not on this machine. Sorry, that's on my laptop. I need to get that in my dot files. I don't have Shot uh, Nuke over here, but I do have Bathtub. Uh, so I can just Bathtub 1. Boom. Isn't that clean? Uh, Look at that. Yeah. I'm ready for a presentation. There you and then go. I can just Bathtub it away uh, if I can spell correct. And uh, they're back. Ah, Shaman. look at that. Ain't so I, nice. I, 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 I purposely chose to do that in Bash uh, mm. rather than Python. Uh, Mostly just to right. exercise that skill again. Right. I think, right. I, need, yeah. I think I need whatever you just did. I had to stop away to help. Uh, I just realized briefly, he was walking. I, just, I see that, yeah. He's got I was, his background I on. He was, but I, I thought he was having a stroke or something for a second. I thought, yeah, I thought he was just... Why is he like laying down and twitching? I love it. It's just like it's like a definitely like a old public access TV from the eighties is what it looks like. <laughs> I just thought you like had like a funky vibe going. Uh, no, I was walking with my virtual background on, so you didn't yeah, man. see me walking. You want a copy of bathtub dot bathtub I can send it over to you. I got it right so here. It, does it clear everything on the screen? Is that what I'm seeing? It does. What it does it, is it. Stop. Yeah, it uh, it. Uh, changes the setting for the finder that actually draws the desktop period and then restarts the finder. So it like, it gets rid of all icons. That's, That's it. That's beautiful. I think. Yeah. I it's like my, it. uh, I, if I can find, I can't find a way to programmatically turn on do not disturb for notifications. If I would, I would just add it Ooh. to my script and it would just yeah. be my, I'm going into a screen share script. Yeah. Do not disturb yeah, desktop man. icons off. Um, Maybe, I, maybe if I, you know, what would be fun is to package all of this up into a little uh, uh, app that sits up in the, um, whatever they call it on a Mac, um, like the menu oh, bar. Automator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it could be automated scripts that do it. In fact, that might be the yeah. best way to do something like orchestrating Do Not Disturb. But put bundle it all up into a little title bar icon up there um, that's like a, like a red warning when it's not on. So that when I go into a call, it's a trigger. I can see that red dot in the corner. And no, I need to mash it. Yeah. So I wrote some bash for that. And um, and I was like, oh, this is ugly. I really wrestled with it. It's been a long time since I've actually tried to do some scripting. As far as like catching arguments and doing variable yeah. assignments and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah, I've written a lot of bash scripts that are just a list of commands that I want called. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but not a lot of ifs and fees and thens and cases and yeah. <laughs> ifs and fees. Ifs yeah. and fees. <laughs> and that's, that's where I was writing something like that. So what mine was, was to orchestrate, like, you know, it, it's kind of less common now. Cause like the, the app that we were talking about earlier runs in a Docker stack. So, so we're running that in a Docker swarm basically locally while we're working on it. And then it runs in a Kubernetes cluster out in the wild. Um, and so kind of during a transitionary period, I haven't had to use it in a while, but I was running like my Postgres, my Redis, and all of my services that I use very commonly with Django, I was running those on Docker. And um, so I got tired of like all the Docker commands I would have to do, go find that container ID, shut it down. Mm. And so I, I started working on a bash script and then I was like, ah, does bash have a case statement? <laughs> 
Because I know Python doesn't, but yeah, no, Bash has a case statement. So that I, I ended up doing that to, to truly create a switch system so I can pass through arguments and then be able to handle them to either start or shut down the service uh, that, that I need to shut it down. So I've got like a Bash array in there. and, uh, and it, actually, it actually is pretty nice looking, the syntax for it. Right? Like it, it. When you look real close at it, like, you're it like uses Why, what's a semicolon doing there? Two semicolons, or at least yeah, in the ones yeah. that I'm looking at where they've, they've yeah. chained a couple lines I together. forgot. Yeah, it's, it's two, two semicolons. Dummies, to double like, semicolons. Yeah, that's, that's in between your switches. Here's what will drive you nuts, though. You, you end each of the actual um, cases that you're catching, like the value for the cases, ends with a, with a, a closed parentheses. Um, so you have these unmatched parentheses that might drive you nuts. Yeah. Um, so that looks weird if you're like have a lot of text there for those values. But if you're like switching on numeric values, it just looks like a numeric list. Like you know, yeah. like when you're yeah, writing an so, essay, like one open parentheses or close. So what parentheses. I did was the the commands that those guys are running; those are in Bash functions. So it does look pretty clean like that. So Got it's it. just I just call the function that I need, and then all the ugly, you know, the 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 operations that I'm doing are are up top there. In there. And then exactly yeah, as you functions. expect, you get out of it with the old ESAC, the ESAC line. Yes. Case backward. Case backward. It's funny <laughs> that they took so much care to like first in, last out on that, but they did the single par- parenthetical thing. I'm going to go back. That's, that kind of drives me nuts. It's like, yeah. well, if you open a C, you got to close the C uh, <laughs> at the end of the case statement. But yep. not the So you see what I mean? It's, it's ugly, but it's elegant. That's pretty sweet. That's kind of bash in a nutshell, really. Ugly but elegant? Yeah. I mean, it's not like a programming language, right? It's not supposed to right. be. It's supposed to no. be a set of tools for helping you call commands. By the way, speaking of calling commands and what you just said, I didn't know this. This was a pro tip for me that I discovered. Did you know that you can stack config files to Docker Compose? So you can you can call Docker Compose-F and pass in multiple config files, and it applies them in that order. So it will... It will allow so like the later config files can override a service and change it, but mm-hmm. also it will merge those services together. And so I just did this on the project that Willow and I are working on. Interesting. Because like the main Docker Compose file to run this app full blown if you want to test and develop it locally takes a lot of shit. It's got um, it's got uh, uh, the guys run like Nginx to run the front end. Yeah, that's a little weird. It came from that cookie cutter. It's got the front end and Nginx, and it was reverse proxying Nginx to like a Python backend, and mm-hmm. Nginx was also serving the front end code. But in addition to that, we've got, of course, a database. We've got a Python backend. Then we have Celery workers running, and also a Celery beat process for periodic workers. Rabbit, Redis. Mailhog for email testing because it sends a lot of email notifications through Beat. A front end container with Vue, um, Nginx, and I'm probably missing one, but I just counted, I think, seven. Seven containers running. And you know, you run that on a laptop. Some of those, a couple of those have file watchers. Mac OS, really inefficient. Anything that looks at the hard drive. Suddenly your machine's taken off to space. So I got tired of that. I got tired of hearing my fans blow. Yeah. And, uh, so I started looking into just stripping it down and having alternate files that you could run, and then I found out that I you can you can stack them, and so I didn't know that I, I broke it down into just the the main Docker compose.yaml file. So if you don't provide an argument, the one it runs from default is mm. just going to run Postgres and our our Django backend, which is your most common use case for dev, right? Mm. Um, mm. And then run the front end locally, like run that mm. on your local Mac because that works a lot better. Running Vue in a Docker container sucks on a Mac. Um, so it's just down to those two services, but if you want to run the celery stack, there's a Docker compose celery.yaml file that just has the celery related components. And when you run Docker compose, you can dash F both config files and it'll merge them. And you can also put overrides in those. So you can redeclare the same service. Um, so you can have a base config file, but making a local override that you use just for your local dev that you like, you don't put into source control that mm. runs the same service but on a different port if you wanted to. Mm. So you can override without changing what goes out to the rest of the team. It's pretty slick. Yeah. And I had no idea it was there. It's been there forever. It's been there yeah. for like many, many versions of Docker Compose. Now I know. Huh. And now yeah. you know too. Exactly. You are welcome. Thank you. 
Running it that way has definitely helped my battery. Oh, I bet. Oh, man. My Hell battery yeah. is horrible already, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. It, uh, it's something like every time Docker for Mac needs to access, like does a system call to access the file system, every time like the Linux container tries to do that, the Mac makes like 50 system calls. It's some inefficiency of Mac OS and container um, and Linux mm-hmm. containers that causes it. Actually, it's through a virtualization layer, right? Because, Alan, you know yeah. more about this, but the Docker it, itself is running on Docker Machine, which is a VM. So there's a virtualization layer on top of macOS, and yeah, then Linux containers running within that VM. Because like, cause I know Mac is a Unix system, but, you know, it's it's obviously, yeah, it's it's got, yeah, exactly. So it's got its opinions about stuff. So if you... Like I've got an Ubuntu machine, and, and what's nice about that sometimes is I can run Docker on that. I can run Docker Compose. And that is that is actually that I think it runs Docker Machine, but it's not running a virtual machine to run Docker Machine. Right. So it's actually running on that machine. Right. So on Mac and Windows, it's having to run a virtual machine just to run Docker Machine yeah. on top of. And then, and then that somewhere in the middle of all of that, there, there's there's additional layer. I mean, you can imagine there being inefficiencies, but then there's this mm-hmm. this file system thing is really particularly the bad thing. And that's the, yeah. Willow, the part that made that so bad on battery, because I noticed it on a couple of other projects that I used the same cookie cutter. It's the file watcher um, for the... Um, uh, webpack that's running on view is constantly watching your files to do live reloading for you. That is insanely expensive. Um, just burning through discrete. File, it's having, yeah. So it's having, it's to like, reach, yeah, it's trying to stack files, a virtual file system into the real file system. Uh-huh. And it's and then passing that back upstream and trying right? to, and trying to analyze that entire file tree for everything, including like node modules, uh, once yeah. a second. I think it was on like yeah. a, a thousand milliseconds or something like that. So yeah, it was not uh, not happy. So I was really happy to figure that out. Um, yeah, that's cool. Cool little hack. Under documented, I would say it's documented. Mm-hmm. I found I found it out there on the internet, but it's just like in the it's in the footnotes of how Docker Compose config works. So it's under the advanced usage. Super advanced. I've- Super duper advanced. I was I was helping a, a novice uh, with their with their Docker Compose setup uh, earlier today, and so that's uh, yeah. There's there's plenty of mystic magic there that yeah. we're all still. Learning. At some point, you have to when you're teaching other people Docker, it has you have to teach them the same way that we were taught, where it's just mm-hmm. like um, I don't really know why. Yeah, stop well, asking me why. Um, like. Let me just show you how to do it and then do it a lot and you'll start to get why you would do it. Yeah. While you're waiting for your yeah. images to build, you'll get curious yep. and then start Googling like, what is what yeah. is it doing right now? And so after you do it enough and you start seeing the benefits, you begin to understand the why. And I feel like I'm I'm 1% along the journey of the how now, um, which is mm. less important. You can get a long, you can get a long mm. way on just the why and, yep. and, and, you know, Give up on the how. That's a lot of software engineering, I would say. Yeah. Is the like, I know why we do it, how it works, not important. If I cast the right spells, we always slay the demon, I'm good. Um, Yep. Yeah. I I do feel like I have a a little bit of a battle handle on the the inner workings of Docker now. Same thing with Kubernetes, but I'm a far cry away from ever being able to contribute to it. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. It's there's it's real. Just, there's I, real computer scientists doing that work. I just do well to remember like the conventions that you know over here in Docker land it's called this, and then over here in Kubernetes it's called that. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, that's a tricky. That's tricky enough. In in Docker land, it's just the line of the config, and in Kubernetes, it's. The tiller service worker Damon ingress controller, <laughs> and then you got those those spec files. Why, why would we call them? Why <laughs> would we call those specs? Who knows? Got to be a specification. Hey, I was looking through our patron, our Patreon, and I realized that I think we owe a shout out to Michael Harp, uh, who's a new patron, and I and oh. I missed that. I missed that a while back. So welcome, Michael. I hadn't I hadn't been keeping up with our shout outs. But Indeed, you'll you'll get to hear a backstory uh, about an event. 
Oh, that's uh, right. That, that the patrons for, know about. For today's patrons, that's right. Uh, yeah, patrons get a little extra content. After the, after the show, we record our intros for each show, um, and, and we release those raw, unedited cuts. Um, they're, they're only marginally more unedited than the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have no intro on the intros is what it is. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we, there's, there's some behind the scenes stories that happen in there and we have one to share today from the Patriots. I'm excited about it. Indeed. Indeed. And speaking of which, it's about that time. Ah, it's about time to go, go cut an intro and call it a weekend and say, say bye bye to everybody and catch you all in a week. Cut um, some grass. Cut some grass. I got to cut the grass, too. Mm. It's looking good out there. You're staring at it. It's going to storm all weekend is the rumor. I know. So, so tomorrow's, that, tomorrow's not an option or may not be. That kind of sucks. I was wanting to uh, finish out my playground build, um, mm. but uh, it's just going to have to be a swing set for another week, I'm afraid. That's all right. The good news is, is we're all wearing masks already, so you can put on one of those masks. To not get pollen. Ah, Brad, mm-hmm. your face. I don't look, look like, like a weenie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I was. Yeah, just like that man is conscious. He is contributing to society. Like, by no, no, no. it's well, not thank you, okay. him not spreading it. Yeah, uh, it's, yep. it's not. It's not allergies. Mm. It's that damn coronavirus. Yeah. Plus, yep. when you're on a walk and you have allergies, and you're like, "Oh God, I have to sneeze," and then no you kidding. see people next to you, and you're like, "What if they think I have it?" No, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then somehow you don't you through sheer force of will and your sinuses almost collapse in on themselves <laughs> as your, your head, blood your head flips your inside out like, trying to stop <laughs> <laughs> you, you end up just shouting like a maniac <laughs> are you okay <laughs> yeah yeah Yep, excuse me. That was, a, that was just was a hiccup. That, that was just a hiccup. So that one. <laughs> just pretend you're going super saiyan. My my my, my brain was like, I know what they're talking about. Let me show them. I'll do an involuntary thing. <laughs> I'll do, a, I'll do a <laughs> it again. Spasm. There you go. There it goes. Well, great. It's time to get off the podcast when I start hiccuping. <laughs> That's yep. uh, that means I drank too much and uh, you don't want to listen to that. Fast. All right, everybody. We'll uh, we'll see you in a week. You guys stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.